0: Do we have any people that grew up on a farm? Anybody here was farmers? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Do you guys remember the harvest time? Harvest was an interesting time of the year. We, you know, if you're a farmer, you understand that probably the busiest time of the year is the harvest time, right? When we lived in Iowa, we lived out in the country and, and our, we were surrounded by wheat fields or corn fields, not wheat fields, corn fields or soybean fields. And what was interesting is I always knew when harvest was upon us. You know, I could look out and I could see the corn, I could see the soy, I could see all of the different things that were going on. And you know, in my mind, I'm going, okay, we're probably getting pretty close. But you know how I knew that it was harvest In the middle of the night, I would hear a tractor outside my window. You see, a lot, I mean, I have to put it this way a lot of us complain about how hard we work, but a farmer, during harvest, I don't think I've ever seen anybody who works as hard. You know, we had farmers in our church that, that one day you would be walking, out, we would go to bed at night and we would see a full field and in the morning we would wake up and that field would be gone. And I know it wasn't UFOs. <laughs> These guys would be going all night long. You could see them just going and going and going. And I loved it because on Sunday, you know, the, the, the real good farmer, the, the, the religious, the godly farmer, they were the ones that understood that, you know, okay, we put the seed in the ground and we try to do all these things, but it really it's God that gives the increase, right? So the, 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 the farmer was like, you know, I, I better be in church on Sunday because that's the right thing to do. and so, so they would come to church on Sunday, but they may have been up for like 30 hours or, or three days prior to that, pulling in the, the harvest. And they would come to church and, and they would sit down in those nice, comfortable chairs and, and the, the warm weather that's going on. And then, you know, the preacher starts preaching. And yeah, even when you're awake, it's hard to stay awake sometimes, you know. And these guys, I felt so bad for them because there they are, and you just, they're struggling. And, and it's a losing battle, and you know it. And all of a sudden, every you know every farmer on a Sunday morning, because they're sound asleep during the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> but I go, you know, kudos to them. They're here. They're doing it. But I sat there, and I thought, how incredible. This time is incredible for the farmers. And one of the things that I saw that was really amazing at harvest time was how farmers would come together during harvest. It wasn't necessarily like, if I'm a farmer, I'm, I'm just doing my own land, and then when I'm done, I just kind of do my own thing. It was amazing that there were times that we would be watching, and all of a sudden in the field, there would be multiple implements going down together, multiple farmers working together because they knew that the window was short for them to bring in the harvest, and so they would have to work together. They would call up their friends, their buddy farmers, and they would say, hey, uh, I'm behind schedule, can you come on out? And they're like, you know what, I'm done with mine, absolutely, I'll be there. And these guys are going two, three, sometimes more days without sleep. But they would go and drive side by side with another farmer because they needed to bring in the harvest. And I've always thought, what what an amazing picture of what it is that we have as followers of Christ, as disciples, to engage in the harvest field. Now, no, it's not corn, it's not green beans, it's, it's people. And as a matter of fact, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 10. We're going to read the first four verses of Luke chapter 10. And this is a passage that I'm sure you've heard Many times. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of Him to every town and place where He was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into His harvest field, Go. I am sending you out like lamb among lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. This passage is one that, like I said, you may have heard this many times. Oftentimes, this is actually a passage that missionaries love to use. Right. If you go to like a missionary conference or, or something like that, a missionary oftentimes will use this passage because that is what they're doing. They are out there in the harvest field every day. That's how they're living their lives. And, and they come in and they tell these incredible stories of what God is doing and, and people who are giving their lives to Christ and, and amazing uh, stories of victory over sin and over uh, Satan and different things. And, and then they pull this verse and they say, here's what it is. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send forth workers. And it's a plea for us to send a God. You need to send out more workers. And it's true. That is exactly what this is. But if we stop at that place, we actually miss what this passage is all about. That's a part of it. But there's more to it. As a matter of fact, as we look at this passage, the one thing is Is we're being asked to see the need. Do you see the need of what is going on? (laughs) You know, this is actually an an interesting thing because if if you don't see the need for something, then you don't feel the responsibility to do anything, right? You know, growing as parents and, you know, in home, moms, you see a full sink of dirty dishes. Is there a need? Yeah, those dishes got to get cleaned. What's amazing is how many other people in the house don't see the need, (laughs) right? Oh, there's a couple of dishes there. You know, I might be guilty of that from time to time. But there's this idea is if we don't see the need, what's going to happen? The pile's just going to keep getting bigger, right? Do we see the need that is out there? Do we understand the reality of this world? Georgetown University did a study and they found that in the U.S. alone, every year, 2.6 million people die. Can you, can you wrap your head around that number? That's hard to understand, isn't it? 2.6 million. Well, if you kind of start breaking this down, what that means is every day... So today, 7,123 people approximately are going to, to enter into eternity, one day. What that comes down to is every minute, five people, five people every minute are passing away. Now, we can look at that and go, wow, that's really sad. Christian Post Magazine, they did a study and they found that about approximately 31% of Americans are born again believers. Okay? Now, There's probably 60% of Americans that say they're Christians, but but they figured about 31% are people that claim to know Jesus Christ, born again, understand the cross, the empty tomb they have accepted, so 31%. Now, I'm not a mathematician, and I don't pride myself in, in great math skills, but I can use a calculator. And what that comes down to is simply this in the time in which you and I are sitting in this room this morning, this room, 300 people approximately are going to enter into eternity. Out of those 300 people, 210 of them are going to enter into a Christless eternity. Let that sit for a moment. You can't celebrate 210 deaths. We can't sit there and say, blessed are those who enter into hell for all eternity. 210 people are not going to see Jesus and hear the words, well done. What they're going to hear Him say is, I don't know you, depart from me. Into eternal separation. This is not a well accepted thought. (laughs) but it's the reality. You see, if we don't catch this, then we don't understand the need that there are people who are leaving us every minute that don't know Christ. Three out of every five people that are dying every minute don't know Jesus Christ. Some of those people you may know. Now understand this, that is if right today, you know, someone dies today, but understand that the second part of this understanding the need is Christ could return at any moment. And when Christ returns, there's going to be a whole lot more than 210 people facing the the reality of eternity in hell. All who do not know Christ will be faced with that reality. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says, but mark this. but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Do you notice what he says there? In the last days, these things will be happening. Now let me ask you this question. Are any of those things happening today? (laughs) Boy, he's talking about today. Do we understand that these things are happening and as we see these things happening, this is bringing us ever so much closer to the return of Christ. As a matter of fact, in Mark chapter 13, it says this, Many will come in my name, claiming I am he and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginnings of birth pains. Again, we see these things happening around us all the time. We see the wars, the rumors of wars. We see people living for themselves. All of this is happening today. All of these point to the reality that at any moment, the imminent return of Christ could happen. He could walk before we're done with this service this morning. And if we do not understand that reality and the complete depravity of man, if we look at man and don't have pity on the lostness of man, then you know what? None of this matters. Well, you know what? Maybe if you know, maybe God will have pity on them. Maybe God will feel sorry. They, you know, maybe they didn't have the opportunity to hear it really well, and, and, and maybe God will, will understand all of that. Well, when you look at Romans chapter 1, verse 20, you see something that's very important. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. You see, what that says is simply this. Every person has an opportunity to know Christ. Every person has an opportunity to make that decision. God has made it ever so clear. And if the time comes that they don't make that choice, there's not a second chance. Do we see the need The harvest is real. People are dying. Jesus is returning. Am I more excited about Christ's returning because then my life will be better? Or am I seeing the need of what's the reality? See, when we understand this need, what that does is that draws us into the other part of what this verse says, what this passage says. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. What ends up happening is if we see the need, we begin to pray for workers. This is again, this is, this is easy for us to understand because we hear it, you know, we need to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth workers. We need to ask God for this. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 4, verses 35 to 38. He says, don't you have a saying? It's still four months until the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus is the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefit of their labor. Harvesting has many facets to it. You see, it's not just as simple as going out and just saying, Oh, let's let's just draw in the the crop. You ask a farmer what goes into harvest, and they're gonna say, Oh, it's a lot. That's why they don't sleep but it's a whole multifaceted thing with the harvest and it's the same with God we don't necessarily just simply pray lord bring in those people that they would hear you what we're asking is god send out people into the harvest field to work the different areas of the harvest field to be a part of this process of bringing in people to know you paul in 1 corinthians chapter 3 verses 5 through 9 he even he puts it this way he says what after all is apollos and what is paul Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God is making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters it is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. You see what he says there? There are many parts to someone coming to know Christ. It's actually been been stated that for an average person, a normal person to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they need to hear the gospel message seven times. Seven times. Now, That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going, okay, there's a person that I know, so I got to go and tell them seven times, and after the seventh time, they're going to come to know. No, what that actually means is they need to hear it from seven different people. They need to hear others. So when we consider what this means is we're going, wow, others need to be a part of this great harvest part. We need to be involved all, we need to get more in this because if, if this person needs to hear it from multiple people, there's not enough people that are doing that. And so we need to do this. You remember a few moments ago, I shared that, the statistic that in this time that we are together, 210 people will pass into a Christless eternity. Many of those people will go because they have not adequately heard the gospel message. Paul in Romans 10 verses 13 through 15 he says everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved now if we stop there we go that is such a great statement everybody who calls on the name of the lord will be saved perfect but then he goes on to say yeah okay how then can they call on the one they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? Very logical process that Paul walks us through. How can a person come to believe in Jesus Christ if he's not hearing the message of Jesus Christ? Someone needs to tell them the message. And that's where we come to this place where if we see the need, then we're actively praying, God, send out workers. Do we see the need and are we willing to pray? There is an amazing story. Well, in our district, our district superintendent and staff have asked people to set an alarm for 10 o'clock, 10.02 in the morning. So, you might be in a place with a bunch of Alliance pastors having a meeting, and all of a sudden you'll hear alarms going off at 10.02. Why is that happening? Because what he says is this, at 10.02, that'll be the time that you're reminded of Luke 10.2. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send forth workers. And so, what the the challenge is, is when your alarm goes off, just, just simply stop what you're doing, pray, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers, because it's much needed. I heard recently a a really cool story. One of the churches in our district changed their starting time of their service. They now start their service at 10.02 in the morning. And they start every service with a prayer. Lord, the harvest is plentiful. Send out workers into your harvest field. And I thought, what a cool part that is. Making it so real. This is where they see the need. They understand that in their location, there are many who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Many who are going to enter into a Christless eternity. Many who need to hear this message of love, the message of the cross. Are we praying to the Lord of the harvest to send forth workers? Now this is really the place where I think most of us we're like, oh yeah, I can do that. I can pray to the Lord of the harvest. Yeah, I can ask Him to send people, just don't send me. Right? <laughs> but I, I want you to see what happens. Jesus says that He goes, Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. And then in the very next word, in the very next phrase, He, he says, Engage in the harvest. He says, Here's the deal. Don't simply pray for it. He says, Go. I am sending you (laughs) i love that jesus doesn't even wait pray to the lord of the harvest to send out workers oh and by the way you're going go yourself and do this work because you see we understand that if we understand the need we see the need we will want to pray but we can't help but go And this actually changes how we pray. You see, it's easy for me to pray, well, yeah, you know, if I pray that God sends out workers, then the more workers that go, that means that I don't have to, right? (laughs) But actually what this does is this changes the way that we pray. Because instead of that, what we're praying is we're saying, God, this job is so overwhelming for me that I need others to join me. I need others to be a part of this. I need others to be involved in what I'm doing and engage with me in bringing this message to lost people. See, that's what the Great Commission is all about. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what our command is that's what we've been called to do to go out and tell our story as you live out your life make disciples as you live each day tell your story as you go to work reach out to somebody who doesn't know christ as their lord and savior and all of a sudden we begin to see how amazing this is as a matter of fact in matthew 24 14 this is one of my favorite verses in scripture And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Don't just glaze over that, okay? Because this is a truly exciting passage when we think about it. As I go and I tell my story, do we understand that not only am I meeting the need that is out there for people to hear, but I am advancing the kingdom and I am bringing back Jesus Christ even sooner? We have an opportunity to impact the return of Jesus Christ. That's what he says. When this gospel is preached to the whole world, then the end will come. Folks, do you want Jesus to return? Would you like it if he came back today? (laughs) Yeah, we're like, oh man, yeah, that would be great. Well, then we got a job to do. There are many who need to hear this message Mark 16, 15, and 16 is Mark's version of the Great Commission. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. You know what? I want Christ to return. I want to be a part of that return. But I want others to be ready for His return. I need to engage in this. Again, Paul in in Romans 10, 14, and 15 where he says, how can they call on the one in whom they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? And I love this part as it is written. How beautiful are the feet of He who brings good news. Isn't that a cool thought? That as we share the gospel message of Jesus Christ, we are seen as doing a beautiful thing. Oh, but it's so scary. I, you know, they, they, it might, you know, maybe I won't say the right thing. Or maybe they'll, they'll ask that question that I can't. Maybe they'll get angry with me. Maybe they'll make fun of me. Well, yeah, maybe that'll happen. But what's the alternative? I keep my mouth closed and then they become one of the 210. That goes into a Christless eternity. People need to hear the story of Jesus Christ. And you know what? It can't be one of these things where we're saying someone else can do it. That's why this passage is here. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. Lord, we need your help. I need, you know what? Let's put this into a more personal. Because I think it's easy for us to sit there and to go, you know what? Yeah, people die every day. It's okay. We get it. I want you to do this. I want you to put in your mind a person in your life right now that you know does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you have that person? Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a coworker, Maybe it's a friend, a relative. I want you to have that picture in there. Alright, you have that picture of that person. You know that person. You love that person. Now if you were given the word that by the end of today, that person that you love is going to pass into eternity. How does that impact you right now? (laughs) Does it break your heart? Would you run over to their house and talk about the Packers? I don't think so. I think each and every one of us would want to know that that loved one has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So let me ask this. Do you see the need Do you see the need? Are you praying, Lord of the harvest, would you send coworkers to join with me? We need to rally together and bring this message to our loved one. They need to hear, and they need to hear it from more than just me. Would you send out teammates with me? Then go. Go and talk, go and share. Pray to the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into His harvest field. You might be watering the seed. Maybe in telling your story, it's not the one that's going to bring them to the throne of God. But you're watering. You see the need. You're praying to the Lord of the harvest. Now engage. We have a job to do. The harvest is plentiful let's pray father as we consider this reality I think in each one of us we're thinking of those individuals that we love that if you were to in this day Call them to accountability, that they would not be standing before you and hearing, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And Lord, maybe the first thing we need to do is ask for forgiveness for the times that you have given us opportunities to share, and we've come short to doing that. Lord, would You give us the strength to be able to go and to be bold in telling them about this great gift of love that has been offered to them. Lord, help us to be reminded time and time again to pray to the Lord of the harvest. Maybe it's at 10.02 every day that we set our calendar, we set our, our alarms, whatever it is that we do, but in that moment we're praying, Lord, send co-workers for me that we can join and engage in the harvest field. Lord, we want to see a great harvest for the kingdom of God. And we want to be a part of it. To your glory and to your honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.